Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. I do appreciate your listenership over the last uh, couple of weeks. We are back on a regular schedule now. Uh, my my personal schedule is starting to clear up, so that's always some good news. Um, and I'm going to be able to add uh, some just more more time where I can sit down and get back to some potentially some interviews. I have a lot going on, um, you know, in the summertime, at least I... Uh, some free time in, in that in that regard, but uh, I, as promised, um, I want to cover some stuff with First uh, Corinthians here, um, and that's where we're going to be. Uh, it's just something and some insight I want to share. Uh, one of the my pastors that I'm friends with down in North Adams, uh, where my church is at. In case you didn't know, uh, he said if you really want to see who's committed to the church, preach through First Corinthians. So um, I did kind of I, I did a setup, you know. Uh, this past Sunday at my at my church, and one of the things that is just apparent uh, immediately when you're going through uh, that particular um, book is the amount of parallels the Corinthian church has uh, to the the rest of like what we would consider to be um, like the church here in the United States. You have a you have a city that was conquered by the Romans after it being, you know, particularly a Greek city. Had that temple dedicated to Aphrodite that had over a thousand prostitutes uh, in it. And so it was a very uh, promiscuous city. It was very uh, culturally relevant because it was sitting between, it was sitting between the Aegean and Adriatic seas as far as like a shipping point. So it was a port city. Um, and then And then once Rome conquered it, um, they took it over. They slaughtered a lot of the population, enslaved the rest. And then once Paul starts his second missionary journey, he stops in Corinth and he uh, establishes the church. And a lot of this is is from Acts chapter 18 as far as when Paul establishes the church, he stays with Priscilla and Aquila, fellow tent makers, and he preaches. And in fact, uh, he preaches so well at the, at the temple that he's thrown out and one of the things that I love about it is that he simply just goes next door and then the leader of the temple uh, is converted. So it's like they throw him out for him only to go, not even across the street, to the next door to a God-fearing guy. And then they're left with this leader who then converts. And it, it's so funny because if you think about like... Like, what were these guys thinking? Like, it, to me, it just seems so funny because Paul is in this city and he's doing what the Lord tells him to do. He gets thrown out. The Lord tells him to keep going, keep preaching. He goes to this, this, God, this home of this God-fearing man. <laughs> and then the, the temple leader, which I don't know, it's on, we're, we're not told if that temple leader was one of the people that, that threw him out. But he's converted, and then his case gets brought up, and basically the Jews take him to court, and they say, "Listen, like we uh, have to uh, get this taken care of." The case is dismissed, and then this leader that was um, hired, Sosthenes, is beaten to a pulp because of his failure to to get Paul on these charges. And what what is what is interesting is that in the very opening greeting of first Corinthians. You know, Paul identifies himself as a servant of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and brother 
Salsanis. He refers to him, you know, with that uh, very endearing name, brother, and it's greetings. And I just got to think to myself that once he witnessed this guy who led this charge against him then be turned on by his own people, we can imagine that Paul picks this guy up, brings him in to his own house, he helps him restore his health, and ministers the gospel to him. Because otherwise, how in the world would this guy who was leading this charge against Paul, then why does Paul, in his letter to to the Corinthian church later, why does he address him? And so all this stuff happens prior to Paul's letter to the Corinthians, which really starts in verse 10, is where the the meat of the letter starts. But I I was telling my congregation, I mean, when, when we find like a message in a bottle that was lost at sea, you know, those ancient, you know, sometimes romantic letters, sometimes informative letters, I said, we have experts that um, slowly take it, uh, to, they analyze the parchment. They, they take good care of it. They look at the language it was spoken in. They try to date the writing based on the language that it was used in the penmanship. Uh, they translate it, if need be, into to their own native language, and they try to understand, like, what's the purpose and the occasion? Who is the intended audience, right? These are all things that we want to know. Is it, is it a letter from a, a sailor, a, a maybe a sea captain to his um, his wife back home or his kids. You know, we, we oftentimes think a lot of this stuff has to deal with, uh, you know, romance. And so in the same way, I mean, that's what the the letter that Paul writes is in fact a letter. And so trying to discover what, what lies behind it, that's what I was kind of getting at this week uh, with my church. And I will cover verses 10 through 31 and then the rest of the book as we go forward. But I just thought to myself, like, we've got to understand the context here. And, you know, knowing that Corinth, you know, at this point, uh, prior to, to Paul getting there, I mean, Paul has to know the history of this place. You know, it was former Greek. Now it's Roman. Um, Temple of Aphrodite was torn down, rebuilt, rededicated. Uh, the You have an enslavement population. You have multi-ethnicities, um, because, and you have a lot of wealth and trade. And then the social classes, because you had people who uh, were affected by their loved ones being slaughtered by the Romans, then being enslaved. And it just without the idea of uh, work slavery like we have now, there's debt slavery, of course, nowadays, but uh, it, it reminds you a lot of the major cities here. Like if you were coming here and, and you were going to issue a retort against the church for whatever reason. And I think that's why I mean, it's a harsh letter because there's a lot to say about how you conduct yourself at the Passover, um, how uh, you conduct yourself um, sexually. And a lot of the letter um, certainly causes a lot of division in the church today. Uh, And sometimes people view it as completely irrelevant. Like, why is Paul talking about these things? But we have to remember that this is a a church of, of Gentiles um, that is, and along with obviously Jewish converts that are getting together and they're trying to establish themselves in a city that is completely, completely antithetical to what they believe. Um, and it's, a lot of people are indifferent, but given the practices that would be displayed on, in a public view and everything else that the culture worship, but the the ancient Greeks and families that lived there, the Romans, like they were not concerned with them with a god of the universe, and they were not monotheistic by any means. And so even though they were were religious, they were not concerned about the God of Jacob or, or serving um, this Christ uh, figure that, that there were rumors about this guy being the son of God and then dying and resurrecting. And so I, I think it's important. And, and so this is what I ask you is, is I'm going to take a little bit different approach in this podcast, kind of make it a little mini sermon series. 
over the next uh, few weeks. Just some things I, I would love to share with you is if you could be reading it along with us. So I'd read chapter one. I'm going to basically cover the meat of chapter one because I didn't want to do an introduction uh, to the book with my congregation along with a very uh, potentially uh, wordy uh, sermon on verses 10 through 31 because there's a lot in there. Uh, but that's what I would encourage you uh, to, to be at with me because I, I think you won't regret it at all. I think it'll be something to be beneficial for, for everyone involved. So um, seriously, I, I, I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. Um, I do plan, by the way, to get back to my interviews this summer, latter half of the spring and the summer. Um, a lot of my extracurriculars are starting to, to clear up. And so uh, that, that is something that I want to get back to. And I appreciate all your patience. Um, the support of the podcast has been great, something I look forward to to, to do and, and to get back to, to doing because I think there's some important conversations that can be had still on this platform, and I'm grateful uh, for everything. So continue to find us um, on SoundCloud where our podcast is hosted, our YouTube channel. Look for our updates on our Facebook page. And seriously, if you have any um, questions, whatever, we're on Twitter now, WSNS Podcast. Um, if you uh, have anything there, um, you can find us um, via email. If you have any feedback or whatever, wsnspodcast at gmail.com. So thank you, everyone. May God bless you. May God keep you.